welcome to the Flight Test Podcast. Uh, we have uh, Josh Bixler here Hi. and Chad Capper. Hi. Uh, this feels... That's, that's my thing. Sorry. <laughs> As I say, this feels very, uh, very old school I, I for me. I feel like we just hit the rerun button three and a half, four years ago. Yes. I was just but, thinking of that this morning because um, I got a delivery this morning. Okay. Ooh. It was a box with a 100,000 subscriber play button. Really? Congratulations. Oh, nice. That's awesome, man. And I thought it was really interesting that today See, was the day that I got it. Deja we were, vu. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Was, thanks. Yeah. I was just thinking of um, uh, back way back in the day, um, back when I first started, actually, I'll be at Flight Test for five years in April. Mm-hmm. And uh, back when I first started, I was a big fan of podcasts and I was very excited about doing podcasting. I and remember I, this. And I remember talking to both of you of like, we really got to do this podcast thing. And uh <laughs> podcast wasn't quite cutting edge five years ago. Um, it already been and going it is on for now. a while. Yeah. Well, no, it's definitely not now. I feel like, you know, podcast is the old television now. Everybody does it. But um, it no, I just remember that. I remember trying to, it's just a very distinct memory. I remember trying to convince you both that we should do a podcast. <laughs> and eventually we did. We yeah. all three sat down in the, uh, I think we did it in the garage or the garage at Stonecap. Do you we remember may, that? We may have. Yeah, we set up like a temporary table. Did you think, really have to do a lot of convincing, though? I don't know if it was that much convincing. It was more like carving out time for it. You were just right. really passionate yeah. about it. Yeah, I was definitely the most excited about it. You I know, do remember I that. I do remember that. Everyone else was yes. like, okay, we'll try it. But like, I was definitely the most excited about it. Austin's like, it's really exciting. It's three hours of people talking. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, at that time, I was commuting a half hour to just about anywhere. Right. And so listening to podcasts was a big part of my day. Yeah. Um, but I do oh. distinctly remember sitting around a single microphone ah. around a table. And uh, it actually, it might have been. We did one in, in this room over here before we moved in. Right. Remember? Right. Was, I, that's where we ended up for a while. Okay. But I just, I remember, I do remember a garage basement one. There was something special that happened. And you know, the nice thing about podcasts is uh, oftentimes when you do an episode, you only get, you know, 10, 15 minutes maybe to communicate a message where with podcasts, you can, you can really dig deep. And I love that. Mm-hmm. That was part of my pitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you were right. Yeah. <laughs> Chad, it's nice to see you again. You as well. Awesome. <clears throat> Even though I saw you what last week? You did. And, and by the way, Drew did a great job on his vlog. I was I going really, to ask if you saw it. We did. Yeah. Matter of fact, I put a little fanboy response in there too. So <laughs> the only thing I felt bad about was I didn't get time to, to let him fly. What do you mean? Like the airplane. Let, the airplane. Oh, but he flew. He, I... He was over the moon just getting to chase you flying. Yeah, you and didn't that, realize how difficult I, the job is. Yes. <laughs> I did not get to see you do that. Uh, oh, really? The the spins. Well, after the podcast, you're going to get to do it yourself. So Nice. Nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll burn a battery. Um, now, a lot of people don't know, but who Chad is, is the original founder of Flight Test. And uh, I think, oh my goodness, it's been, I don't know how many years, but you have a, you just said you had a new hundred thousand why don't you tell people that may not know who you are, who you are, and uh, and what Rotor Riot is? All right. Well, um, I guess initially I was a video producer mm-hmm. um, that turned absolutely uh, obsessively insane about this new hobby in 2010. <laughs> um, and I mean obsessive. Like I, I would go down in my basement after I got home from work. I, I would come home from work early go down in the basement, start building and experimenting and trying things until two o'clock in the morning, like every night. And, uh, so I, yeah, I got really obsessed with it. And 
that same year was the year that I met you mm-hmm. and Eric Monroe introduced us. Yes. And it was, uh, I don't remember the exact order of events, but I, I remember I was really into this hobby and I was just looking for anybody that would talk to me about it. And a friend of mine, Benjamin Payne, actually mm-hmm. introduced me to Eric Monroe. Eric then introduced me to you. Yeah. And I think at the time, I think when we met, I was already dabbling with something for flight well, test. I remember really clearly. Um, and tell me if I'm wrong or not, but I remember you. Uh, we we did a flying ministry uh, every week at my yeah, father's house. Mm-hmm. And I remember you pulling in and stuff. And you and I hit it off really good because we we're the only ones crazy enough to fly with cameras on our planes. Right. And uh, that was a big deal. I think um, you had a twin star at the time. Mm-hmm. I had an easy star. Yep. And then we were playing uh, passive transmitter with the easy star. Do you remember um, the signal was so terrible? I think we lost signal or something, but it was like it almost bit it. And, and, and I knew we were going to be friends because we both had the same reaction to like be really scared and laugh like crazy. So, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a really good memory. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I, you know what I remember? I don't know if it was that day or the next week, but it was around that time. And and actually it made quite a few appearances, but you had this Delta wing. It was a, I think it was a was it a micro swift or. Um, yeah, and let's say a, a micro, uh, uh, just a normal Swift two, and then a Maxi Swift. So it, it was one that what I remember was the motor on it sounded like you know when you put the playing card in the spokes. Oh, the oh yeah, that's what the yeah. motor sounded like, <laughs> and funny. it actually made me feel so good. And that's why I remember that would be the Maxi Swift then, because I obsessed over doing the hobby right. You know, I like wanted to make everything perfect and right, and and. But that's not always my nature. Sometimes I just kind of wing it and shoot from the hip. And to meet somebody that was like, yeah, it's fine. And, and fly, that was like super inspirational to me. I'm like, he doesn't care. I don't care. You know? Sadly, I haven't changed too much either. You probably still have it. Uh, I do. Actually, I have the Maxi Swift. And that's I always thought because the Maxi Swift was like the camera plane of choice, remember, for right, a while. Right. Um, matter of fact, one of the most beautiful shots that uh, was in the original opening of Flight Test um, it was when the, we did the second episode with the Taylor craft, mm-hmm. uh, and you, we would always go up like on Friday and shoot, uh, air to air right. because it would take hours uh-huh. <laughs> and every battery. I'm turning that. right. I mean left. Yeah. <laughs> well, and on top of that, it's so funny cause like a quad now you can, you can just get it in there. But back then you had to get the perfect line and the plane couldn't be shaking. You had to fly at the right spot and mm-hmm. everything had to work out perfectly. But I remember doing a roll through the sun while the Swift was following it. It was just like that magical shot. Actually, that one was the that was still the twin star. Was it still the twin yeah, star? Yeah, we, okay. we didn't get the Maxi Swift until later. Uh, it was definitely winter because remember one of the maidens of the Maxi Swift was super cold. Oh yes, don't you remember? Yes. It was like a miserable, blustery day, and that was that was most of the first year. That's what got us to California really quick. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. <laughs> well, long story short, it was really cool getting to meet you for the first time. I remember pulling in, and I think it wasn't more than a month afterwards. That you called up and said, hey, I got this crazy idea about a thing called Flight Test. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, we were pretty much from that point on, we were uh, friends and working together. Actually, apparently, so when you messaged me yesterday, you did it through Facebook Messenger. The last message, you did, saw that? Yes. yes. It, the, the one previous to that was from 2011. The <laughs> one previous to that was like one of the first messages ever mm-hmm. in like 2010. Yeah. It was like, That's what was nine? I what, didn't even know I knew nine, how to use Messenger back month. then. <laughs> I didn't either. It probably wasn't called that. That Facebook thing. <laughs> what is I, the ninth month? Is that September? Yes. Okay. So we met. No, around, October, right? No, that's 10. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. September. So August or September. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been, uh, yeah, because there were still still leaves on the trees and then it was quickly into fall and then uh, flying pretty much stopped. So oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a, 
it's crazy time, but it's, it's also amazing to see how much the hobby has grown. Cause I remember even, you know, back then the planes we were reviewing, mm-hmm. you know, the level of, uh, like the flight characteristics, you know, remember the, the original little Mustang from Park Zone? Oh the yeah. Little tiny one with the full ailerons on it that you looked at it funny and it would stall out of the air. It's, it's crazy how much things have improved. And um, that was one of my first, not the first, but one of my first planes. And it was, it was funny. It, it had been at one point completely replaced part by part. Yeah. I mean, everything. So it was a $200 <laughs> Mustang. Exactly. Maybe more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Good stuff. Well, a lot has changed since then. And also with what you're doing with uh, Rotor Riot now. Yes. So why don't you describe for people that don't know much about Rotor Riot what it is? So Rotor Riot, um, back in about 2015, I saw this, this movement going towards, uh, the, the best term at that point was, was drone racing, mm-hmm. but it is high performance mini quads. And what I saw was a different, it's like a subsect uh, emerging a different kind of people, uh, still very obsessed, still very similar to this hobby. But, uh, and when I say this hobby, I mean, RC flight, but, but different. It's, it's almost like, um, if I were to put a, a term to it, um, it's almost like some people look at the RC flight hobby. Uh, there's a stigma because they're like planes and it might be like toys or something. And I think there's a group that likes to think, and I say likes to think that mini quads <laughs> are beyond that, but they're just different toys. Um, a little more and, expensive. Yeah. But it, it's, it's, so it's, it's probably like, you know, NASCAR and motocross, you know, where they, they both involve engines and, and, you know, speed and different things like that and share a lot of, uh, commonalities, but they're still very different. Um, so when I saw that, I was, I was really interested in it because, my initial foray into the hobby was multi-rotors. I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so I built my first quad in 2010 and it was horrible. <laughs> and you had to, so- you literally had to solder gyros onto a board and, and hope for the best. Yeah. And it, <laughs> and it took years for the software to catch up. It was just, it did not work well at all. And I was a bit disheartened, but I found a, a, a love and a joy for like scale and warbirds and scratch building and all this stuff I had no idea was so interesting. And so I kind of got into it through multi-rotors and then got really obsessed about planes and FPV planes and all of that. And then kind of back to multi-rotors and and that's where I am now. So just kind of following that interest in the hobby. But I think at some point I just became a little more interested in the um, the people. And, and that was where I felt like if something didn't exist, um, as that industry was forming like a collecting point or, you know, something where people could gather around that it, it, it might just get, what I want to say hijacked by the, the first big entity that came into the space. So I wanted to create something that was that gathering point. And, and selfishly, I was, very interested in kind of like a documentary point of view. I wanted to see this new movement form and I wanted to be right there in the middle. And so that was a lot of the motivation It was a little different from flight test where I, I was actually my audience in flight test. Rotor riot is a, uh, a show and, and very much like flight test, but my personal interest was more in the, the, I guess the, the forming of a new, what do you call it? Uh, uh, industry. Yeah, industry, I guess yeah. is probably the yeah. best word for like it. Like observing an industry form. 
Yeah, because I had so many, I still have so many wonderful relationships from the inception of Flight Test and same thing with Rotor Riot. And it's just, it's just different, but I, I like to explore. I love new things. I love, that's, that was my big interest in 2010 was FPV and multi-rotors. That was like, you know, the, the beginning, well, not the very beginning, but at early stages of, of that. And that's always interested me. That's really cool. That's really cool. Not long ago, um, what was it? Maybe two podcasts ago, we got to talk and have some really great uh, conversation with Dave Indestall. Yes. And it was really cool to reminisce because a lot of the similar stories that you and I share, obviously, Dave was a big part of the early days of flight test. But um, it made me want to go dust off my tricopter and get it back up in the air because... Uh, the one with the gyro... The- Oh, that, that thing's never coming back together. No, I got a, <laughs> I got a little bit more updated one in my, my office. But uh, no, the, the original one with the gyro and the um, the uh, towel rack bars. Yes. Yeah. Is it the aluminum? The, the aluminum shiny one? one? The shiny yeah, aluminum we've, one. Yeah, we found that cleaning like a couple years ago. Yes. That's yeah, so it's, funny. It's still around. Wait, Josh, I think a lot of people, if they haven't heard, they'd be very interested in how did that fly. What was the flight <laughs> controller? <laughs> <laughs> the flight controller, thanks to our favorite Swede, uh, was very simple. It was four or I'm sorry, three Hobby King, uh, um, three Hobby King gyros for, I think, twelve ninety nine. It's actually piece. four. Was it four? One for yaw. That, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, yaw. One for each motor and one for yaw, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And uh, you would basically hook them up and do some special programming, and each gyro had a screw on the side that you would turn and individually tune. Yeah. And at the time, I thought That's it flew so amazing. I thought it was the most amazing flying towel rack in the world. And uh, yeah, nothing like carbon fiber really wasn't a thing, you know, that you could just go and get easily. Now you just jog my memory. That first flight was either it was at my office or was it at McKinley uh, Park? First flight of the towel rack? Yes. Um, I want to say the first flight of the towel rack was actually at your house. Okay. Um, Okay. First FPV flight was definitely at your house because I promptly crashed. And uh, unlike carbon fiber now, is every crash was a bent arm or yeah. or something was broken. And we, we loved uh, polycarbonate. Mm-hmm. We would cut polycarbonate. We didn't have any lasers. We just jigsawed out. And we thought it was the greatest stuff in the world and zip ties everywhere. But um, I had a, a plastic Easter egg that yes. I, since I was doing auto body and, and painting, I promptly made the most fancy plastic Easter egg with a flight test logo on it and <laughs> lit it up. And, you know, I still remember that thing flying beautiful. Like, you know, when you're a five-year-old and you draw a picture and... Uh-huh. When you hold it to people, you know, it's like a Mona Lisa. It's like, it's perfect in every way. And, you know, you're like, look what I've created. I still look back like that was like the best flying quad mm-hmm. or a tricopter. I know it wasn't, you know, it was, <laughs> yeah. it, it liked the fall out of the I sky look, a lot. I look back at my old FPV footage and I remember it pristine mm-hmm. and perfect, like rock solid stable. No, no, no. <laughs> and now remember the first time we did a flip back then, it was like, write it in your baby book. Oh, it yeah. was amazing. Go up a thousand feet. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah Do a 30 you, second flip. Can you believe that? And and now it's, if, if you go more than five feet forward without doing something crazy obnoxious, you know, you're yeah. not flying these things. It's it's crazy how much the industry's changed. I still have a fondness in my heart for tricopters and tilt rotor oh, uh, yeah. quads and stuff. It, it'll, be, it'll be really cool to come back one day. People yeah. fly all the retro machines. Yeah. Well, we got some cool stuff. Um, we call them cruisers now because it's, it's kind of like a, I consider them bell-bottom jeans. You know, everything comes back in style eventually. Right. Um, I'm getting ready to grow my mullet. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I look at, I have my uh, my dragonfly in my office, and I'm like, a couple more months, I'm bringing you out as a cruiser. It's going to be all new. <laughs> it's going to be, all I have to do is get rid of the wood and put some carbon fiber on it, and it's a whole different thing. But now with DJI and OcuSync, you, you can have the HD experience, a great long, you know, flying platform, and it's DIY. 
Mm -hmm. I think that's incredible. Yeah. So, so tell me more because I'm a little bit out of the loop on that. Well, yeah, it's not top secret. That's out, right? No, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank God. really big. We were on a. He's like, oh, oh no. We, we could have edited it out, but yeah, we we've we've had it, and we've been working with DJI for a while. But uh, I wanted to make sure I was allowed to say in there. Yeah, basically the the video transmitter mm -hmm. um, that's in the Mavic, which as we all know is fantastic, really awesome. Um, it looks great on your phone, but looks even better in the goggles. Like it just looks yeah. fantastic. They've now broken that out of the Mavic, so you can put it on basically anything. You could put it on a cinematography rig. You could put it on a long range wing um, because the great thing about the Mavic is it's um, it's HD. It's fairly low latency um, and range uh, is incredible. and the incredible range. So like, f you know, set four, seven kilometer range. Yeah, what's sorry, the, that, was, that was my phone. <laughs> what's um, the um, what's the lag or the um, um, I think they say that at 480p. Um, it's about 50 milliseconds. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, because like a, if you're looking through like an analog fat shark or something, it's about 35 milliseconds. Okay. And they say it's not really discernible below 50 milliseconds. Um, no. I, I'm sure that some people can. Mm -hmm. uh, your average Joe really can't tell the difference. So. so I think that's the system. They sent Drew and Tommy a set, but I never see anything because Tommy's in Huntington Beach and Drew's right. in Detroit. So mm -hmm. um, well, they're holding out on it because it's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I wait for the episode. Well, you love you love form factor. Yes, this is as beautiful to look at it as it does it as it works. Mm -hmm. It's just really well thought out. It's uh, really complete. It's everything you think a DJI product would be. But man, the fact that you can shove this in a cruiser quad or you can shove it into a flying wing and have that HD experience—that's mm -hmm. that's a missing link. Oh it, yeah, you know when you jump into that world, you you find yourself going back and watching the video in HD, but experiencing it right off the bat in HD. You know, without like a, say a conic system, which is great, but it's it's a lot of wires, a lot of fifty milliseconds is really good. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of stepping stones to get where we want to get. Like the dream is to watch live the GoPro footage that you watch later. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's yeah, the dream. And we're getting there slowly but surely. Yeah. Um, but it's a good stepping stone. Yeah, it's really going to be cool. It. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of good stuff coming up in the future. But I think cruiser quads and, and those kind of things will come back in a big way. Because right. you don't need the latency. You know, you're not shooting gates. You're not doing really close stuff. You're mm -hmm. having fun. You're, you're going on a journey. Well, I'm surprised that the uh, the long range the long range stuff right now is so popular, and it's it's really just a version of what we were doing with the Maxi Swifts, yeah. except it's quad the mini quads mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Um, now I do have to admit it's much more stable because the Maxi Swifts will get that that bobble and warble, you know, from from the I don't know the 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 heat coming off the yeah. ground or yeah, thermals thermals. Yes, <laughs> that's the word. And uh, uh, so I really like that. You know, mini quads can can fly. That's how I fly a mini quad is like a wing, yeah. Um, yeah. because I've that's what I always liked doing was cruising and yeah. proximity. But um, yeah, it's it's just interesting to see how things evolve. It's incredible you can take a quad up on a, a gusty day, and just what you said, it's mm -hmm. like you're flying in dead calm weather. You oh, don't yeah. you don't get that with uh, with fixed wing, at least with light foam board ones. Yeah, yeah. Something that I wanted to talk a little bit about um, is that I think that something that. Uh, flight test and that Rotorite have in common and something that we're both working on is uh, creating some innovative products mm -hmm. that have oh, yeah. like a unique position in the industry. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I figured that for a lot of people probably don't know much or anything at all about, you know, the products that you guys are working on and developing and have released already. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that maybe this would be a good time just to like kind of share thoughts and ideas about that of like what you guys are looking forward to or what you've, guys have already accomplished and that sort of thing. Well, yeah, I, so me personally, I've always had an interest in developing products. I love 
development, whether it's video development or product development. I just, I love creating. Um, so my first taste of that was with flight test and, um, you know, the rotor bones line of, of gear. And, That's right. um, yeah, it was, it was, it was so much fun. And I used to obsess, I mean, even the electro hub, you know, remember it was such a simple thing. It was just a circle with a bunch of holes in it. And I was just obsessed about having the right spacing and, and all of this. Um, so fast forward into flight tests, you know, we're developing our own products. We started with uh, our first step into it was the camera where Chad Nowak had some ideas of, you know, use this lens, these settings, you know, adjust this, tweak that. And it was really an existing product that he just made better. And I, I love that. I love refinement. And um, so that that was our first kind of exciting step in that direction. Then next, we developed our own motor. Uh, again, with Chad Nowak's input, he gave us a list and said, okay, well, let's start with these this criteria. And then from there, you know, we had some prototypes made, and lots of testing, and um, we came out with the hype train motor, which was named, I'm and I'm dead serious, like half an hour prior to announcing it. <laughs> um, Mike Chin, who is very active on our, our Facebook group, he he threw it out there. He's like, Chad, why don't you just call it the hype train? Cause that's what they're going to call it anyhow. <laughs> that's funny. All aboard. <laughs> so, so, uh, we did and, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun with it and they've done really well. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, when I want to say I'm surprised at how far along it's come so quickly. Um, it just, it moves so fast and we've already started developing a couple more and we've released uh Ladrib version and mm-hmm. Omega edition mm-hmm. that, that one's a lower KV, one's a higher KV and they're, they're really cool looking. One looks, you know, shiny copper, the other shiny gold. Um, but they have their unique qualities about them for each pilot. And I just, I think that's great. And I want to keep doing that i want to keep developing products that continue to refine you know eventually we'll come out with version two which will just refine it even further um <clears throat> but what we did was i want to talk a little bit about that process because i i think a lot of people get excited about developing products and they'll start right away they'll just grab a product put their name on it and you know um call it a product and it, it is absolutely but we spent a good year bef- learning about the different manufacturers and and we really wanted kind of what we were bringing to that table was understanding who made what, what the quality of what was, you know, um, where these products would fit once they're released and really understanding the market and the process to create it. And that's that's what we did so we chose to go with t-motor um it was it's not just one factor like price or quality or that all of that matters but we had to find the right fit for us and um they really brought a lot to the table and they were willing to give us some of the crazy stuff we asked for like orange staters which a lot of people would be like yeah so what they're orange well, what a lot of people don't know is you have to get 10,000 staters if you want to color. <laughs> so sure. that's a lot of staters. Yeah. Uh, because I guess there's some really special statement. <laughs> <laughs> there's some kind of, you know, special, I think it's, it's, it's a type of powder coating uh, process. And they, I guess to switch colors is no small task. It's like you have to, this whole line, you have to like redo. <clears throat> so, you know, that, that was one piece, but on our motors, we actually, Every single aspect of those motors were touched by us. And what I mean by that is we had input on, you know, the size, the color, the specs, the performance, the, 
um, you know, the materials chosen, every, every piece of that motor had some of our input on it. Um, and you know, we're really proud of it. So that's, that's what we have to date. And, uh, we continue developing. We've got a flight controller coming out called uh, Riot Controller. Very creative. <laughs> um, actually, this is the first I've mentioned it, so hopefully Drew doesn't get upset because uh, he's kind of leading that project. Um, well, we weren't so. looking for too much of a scoop, and we know that you guys have a lot in the books and that sort of thing, but uh, I figured it would be interesting at least to people that yeah. maybe if they didn't fully connect Hype Train with Rotor Riot and that sort of thing, just kind of hearing about some of that process and yeah. just knowing kind of your thought processes as more stuff starts to arrive um, and starts to hit the shelves and that yeah, sort of thing. I just, I love empowering people to bring their creativity to something productive and and that they can monetize on so they can keep doing what they love. Nice. So, Excellent. So something else I think that would be interesting for people to hear about, and I think that you guys just wrapped up uh, either your first or your second one, but the uh, the quad camp thing that you guys are working oh, yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that um, uh, Kevin... Daughtry. Uh, Daughtry, the yes. Stinger Swarm. Yep. Um, I know that he has kind of been working with you guys a little bit on that. And just, I think it'd be interesting for people to hear about that. It's just, it sounds cool. <laughs> just the name of it sounds cool. So, well, yeah. So, so Kevin is, um, is now the third. So first it was Tommy, then Drew. Now Kevin is uh, full time with Rotor Riot and his kind of his baby is quad camp. So he, he came in and had a vision for this. Um, I, I knew that we wanted to do something with education and I had some ideas, but mm-hmm. he really had a vision of what he wanted to do. And, um, you know, we were positioned perfectly to be able to roll something like that out. So, you know, we, we were all a little bit nervous for the first one. We're like, well, let's just try this out and see how it works. And I got to say it, it has really exceeded, I think everyone's expectations. Um, it, because, uh, I think there's really a deep thirst for the newcomer. Um, and it's not just newcomers. It's people that may have been in for six months, but are still trying to get over that hump. And, um, you know, we're still seeing how it shapes up and what it'll shape up to be. But currently it is a uh, weekend workshop, a Saturday and Sunday. And we're, we first one was in Hesperia, California, which is two hours north of L.A. And then you have um, Atlanta that they're currently at. I think today, uh, setting up for it and it'll be this weekend. Um, and we're just right now it's the very early days, early stages, but I can see a lot of potential with it. For sure. Well, we were kind of joking and laughing about just like, you know, stabilizing quadcopters with gyroscopes (laughs) and the wooden electro hub that we all were so fond of and got a lot of people into the hobby, got a lot of people flying. Um, but there's still a lot of technical challenges and a lot of technical hurdles. And so I think it's, it's definitely valuable for people to kind of meet each other in the same like geographical um, area mm-hmm. and just kind of like uh, be able to, you know, ask each other questions or to try to problem solve together or just to share, you know, trade secrets they haven't been able to tell anybody yet just because they don't have anybody to tell, you know. Right. So I think that that's a really cool opportunity. Well, oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say that was something that was really pleasantly surprising was when all the people show up and were working on stuff, they started helping one another and they started saying, oh, where are you located? And all these friendships that emerged from quad camp. And I wasn't something we necessarily anticipated. And I just thought it was a really great benefit. That's awesome. That's awesome. I was just kind of laughing when you were describing what you said earlier, Austin. Um, it's so true back in, when quads were a new thing. If you could build something and it flew, 
and it flew <laughs> and it was somewhat controllable and it's it was such a wild smooth. success. <laughs> it was like, yes. Yeah. Well now the technology has gotten so much more advanced and you can, I, I think the building process and assembly is easier than it's ever been, but now you can actually tune it for a certain characteristic, a style, a mm-hmm. flavor, a feeling, and you can personalize it, which I think is really, really cool. But if you asked me how to do that, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta know what the latest technology is, what the latest firmware, what the quirks are. You gotta live in it. You yeah. can't just yeah. you can't just you know get in there and have immediate success. You can have a a good experience immediately, but you can't have something that that really connects with you. You know with the way you want it to fly. And I think that's really excellent that people can get together, help each other, and also the tuning aspects. Those things that are kind of uh, more tribal. Yeah, they get taught, and uh, you can really equip people to have a, a success in the hobby. Well, and and that's one thing that is really excited is exciting about this time right now is we're entering that era of now a lot of the the technical capabilities have fleshed out now it's not simple you know too simple yet it's still a little difficult there but everything flies you know when you put it together it's going to fly like we were building that tricopter just hoping it would hover (laughs) Yeah. yeah and and now i mean they are moving in ways that I could have never imagined. And it's, it's really amazing. Um, so I'm excited to see what's next because I think right now people are becoming artists. Like you're, you're not just seeing people fly their hobby. You're seeing them create art. And I, I, I love seeing that. I think that's, that's really great. Like freestyle has become a thing and it barely existed two years ago. Yeah. I've been watching and most of them seem like they're about 15 year old boys mm-hmm. that are flying out in the backyard and they are doing some maneuvers. I'm like, I got to stop. And I'm like, if the quad's at this angle, how in the world is he going backwards? It doesn't look like he's losing <laughs> an ounce of lift. Like, is he reversing his motors? What is he well, doing? Well, they're man? starting to fly upside down around things. Yeah. And, you know, they, they put a bunch of tilt on the camera, but it's still like I, I, I've been explained so many times I've watched it. But when you see it on I, I just, but alien, I guess alien technology. Yes. <laughs> That's what it is. I think it's how I felt when I started playing call of duty and then eventually playing with other kids and that, that will take you out in the heartbeat. Right. And yeah. you're like, wait, I, I didn't, I can't even push a button that fast. <laughs> I didn't even see you. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay, give me a 10 second hard start. It's like high school all over again. <laughs> but no, and, and that's the crazy thing is, is this industry is really, um, got young, amazing minds that are becoming the innovators and the creators too. And I think that's another cool thing about this hobby is it's not age or necessarily even education specific. It's passion driven. Mm-hmm. And you can have a young man or woman that really has a love of flight, whether it's fixed wing or multi rotors, and they can jump into it and they can move the industry forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's that's pretty empowering. You know, oh, yeah. I see what people are doing with their 3D printers and specifically with our Gremlin line. Um, I'm so proud of that because the creativity that people have when they, you know, come and they, they design a 3D frame. And maybe mm-hmm. it's not for performance, maybe it looks like a Koopa shell. Maybe it just is artistically beautiful, but what they're doing, you know, in their, in their house, when they're creating that they're inspiring other people and they don't have to compromise the performance. They don't have to compromise the durability. I just, I just love it, you know, and it's, it's kind of cool to see the, the drone industry or the multi-rotors spread out, you know, mm-hmm. where before it was like, whatever it took to make it work was what you had. Now it's a whole wide spectrum of options that people have. Oh, yeah. And I think it's just going to continue to grow like wildfire um, because it's as the technology gets cheaper and, you know, the innovation keeps coming, it's just going to be more and more options. Pulls people in. 
you know, the people that um, in, invent these things aren't necessarily the ones that really push them to their their limits. And I think I saw a documentary, Moog, was it? I think they talked a lot about that, the the first synthesizer or the first popular oh, yeah. synthesizer. I, I, long time ago, I watched that. Yeah, and I, I think they talked about how, you know, the people that create these things aren't necessarily the ones that take it to the next level. And, and I've started looking around. I see that all the time because, like, you know, even me, you know, I'm, I'm credited with starting Rotor Riot, but I can't fly like these guys at all. Right, yeah. <laughs> like it, not even close. It's embarrassing, you know? And, um, so it's, it's really interesting that you can, you know, be there at the beginning of something or help, you know, something get started and then see, you know, where people can take it. And I, I don't mean I, I started the flight, but I mean, these, these kinds of videos where, you know, it's, I don't know. It's becoming a whole movement. Definitely. Well, I think that um, just so we can all look back on this in a few years and feel very silly about our predictions. Um, what do you guys, <laughs> where do you guys see like just the general, um, just FPV hobby, um, multi rotors, um, the drone racing, the freestyle, like where do you guys think this is all going? You know, like in a few years, Josh, you want to go first or me? All right. In a world. <laughs> um, you know, what I think it's going to be is uh, I think the heart is going to come out more once technology and those hurdles come out and they're overcome. I think the experiences are going to be what kind of holds people together. So uh, my guess is as far as with FPV, let's let's talk on the tech side, not maybe the vision side, but uh, FPV, I'm already seeing where they're getting more planes up together than ever before. Uh, we're already seeing through great innovation like with DJI and in the form factor of what they're doing, getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I mean, Look at the Mavic Air. Like that thing is a tiny little thing, yet it boasts most of those features. So um, I really see where people are going to be able to get a lot more people up in the air, getting great FPV experiences, and not having the static in the in the interference that they did. Um, as far as the industry goes, I think they're figuring out what's what's the problems to address, how to make it legal, how to make everyone safe. I think the hype of you know basically a drone being the equivalent of the word assault rifle, which is a whole nother thing. Like we don't have to worry about it being provocative in the future. I think it's going to work itself out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really excited about the future. I, I see it becoming a much more social activity than it is even today. And it's becoming very social. Yeah. I think, um, I get that question a lot. And, um, some people that have maybe gotten into this two years ago or three years ago in the very beginning are, are becoming a little disheartened because they're, they're saying, everybody's recognizing that if racing is going to be a thing, then it needs to be more interesting to the viewer. Mm-hmm. And, and my challenge back is always, well, how interesting is it to watch a little golf ball in yeah. a big, you know, open space travel from here to there? It's not. Not very interesting <laughs> to me anyway. No, it's, it's relatable. But it has an audience. But it has an audience because they know who's hitting that golf ball. Yeah. You know, and when you really get to know these people that are hitting the ball, then it's interesting where the ball goes. Yeah. And and I think it's very similar in in this. I think as the sport grows and you start to understand who that pilot is, you're going to be interested in what that pilot does with their aircraft. Um and I I think that's where it will go in kind of a you know, uh 10,000 foot view, but exactly how it plays out. I mean, we have to get more people on channels. You know, you have to be able to get more aircraft in the air at a time without breaking the law, um, you know, and stuff like that. So um, I don't know how soon. I, I honestly feel like it could be as as little as six months down the road or 
18 months, but it's definitely coming. I, I really think that it's just going to become more social. Um, the art is going to be more expressed. Uh, racing is going to become more competitive. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I, I feel like it's a bright future, but you got, you got to get through this kind of clunky, awkward stage. See, I tricked you guys because I asked you what I think, what you guys think is going to happen, but I'm just going to say what I hope will happen. <laughs> but uh, so. Now you know what it's like working with them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's what I hope will happen is that I hope that the, um, just some of the things we've been talking about, of like the big advancements and that sort of thing that we've seen um, just since, you know, we've all been doing this, but I hope that the, the technology edge, I hope it continues to get sharper and it continues to continue to get deeper. Um, but I hope that in order to sustain that, that the mass behind that also gets bigger. And I think that that's a place that, you know, that if you have a, a wide audience, if you have a large audience, that's something that you have the ability to affect and the ability to influence is to build up that mass behind the exciting, you know, tip, which is just the, you know, the technology and just what it's capable of and what the platforms are capable of, um, but I think that building that mass behind it is really important so that there's something to support it mm -hmm. um, because that's what, you know, we keep talking about with the social aspect and the um, just getting new people into it. You know, there's mm -hmm. a lot of concern about the turnover rate, you know, that we have in the hobby of just like, you know, how frequently people drop out and get a different interest and that sort of thing. So I think that that's something that um, is achievable, you know, to keep that, to keep that rolling and to keep that connectedness and to keep that, you know, social aspect of it really, really active. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's why people do what they do. They do it for connectedness, you know, and if that hobby that they have, or if that technology that they enjoy has connected to it, connectedness to it, that's what's going to keep it going. <clears throat> I think you're, I think you're dead on. I don't think that's just a hope. I think that's an assessment of what it needs and mm -hmm. will, will be. And I think, um, you know, even working together and, you know, even, even me, sitting here and us talking more and more recently, um, you know, cause it was kind of like I ran off and did my thing, you know, and, yeah. um, and, and actually something I'd like to take a moment and just, just put out there because I, I like to be accountable to my, my own actions. Um, I think the, it was around the time of the, the bridge dive. It, it kind of hit me hard, uh, because initially I started out with, with Rotor riot to let's explore this new emerging thing. And I went into it with a documentarian perspective primarily. I was thinking the future is going to be product development and stuff like that. But I was very much into don't disturb it. Just let mm -hmm. it be and capture what it is and, and document that. But at some point, I, I think Rotor Riot stopped becoming the documentarian, started becoming an influencer. And um, I think... You know, you might be able to say that from the beginning because the, the the pilots that we started with were already influential, but I think my mindset had shifted and and it really started to impact me on hey, how are we? What's the example that we're setting? And and it's no longer this kind of like pioneering stage where this stuff's being figured out. Like no, people are starting to catch wind of this and getting into this from the mainstream more frequently now. Mm -hmm. So we got to shape up. Um, and it, it doesn't mean that we don't push limits. It just means that we have to take that in account and we have to say, okay, well, what, what path are we on? Are we, 
you know, just documentarians, you know, capturing what this culture is? Or are we part of the ones shaping that culture? And, um, you know, and we've, we made that decision, hey, you know, we're going to take that responsibility. And Quad Camp was a big part of that and moving in that direction. And one of the things to that I'm most excited about is with Quad, Quad Camp, we simultaneously launched the Quad Camp Facebook page which was a spinoff of the Road to Riot Facebook page, which was purely dedicated to helping people help people. Um, and I, I was really nervous whether it would work. I didn't think that we would be able to, I guess, foster something like that. I wasn't, I wasn't sure, but it, I knew that our Facebook group was too crowded. We had 25,000 members and it was just you know, some people wanted to share videos, some people wanted questions answered, some people just wanted to go in and, you know, discuss their weekend. Um, and it was all these different ages and groups of people that all wanted to do this different stuff. So we, we put this quad camp group over here. And it's been running for over a month now. And it's amazing, because it's, it's really mirroring that that culture that spawned in the actual quad camp in person where you, you see people helping other people. And we've been very militant about our rules. Like people can't go in there and if they start trolling or anything, they're out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very much a focused atmosphere of uh, pretty much teach, learn, or share. Like that's what it's for. And it's all inspirational and educational based. But so anyhow, all of that to say, <laughs> uh, yeah, I recognize that. And I think we need to support that. No, I, yeah, and I think that, um, you know, just like continuing on with my slightly weird analogy, but like just as you build, you know, that mass behind everything that's like the technology and the industry and the manufacturers and everything, the molecular makeup of that mass matters, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, to the ultimate future and trajectory of it. And so I think that, you know, bringing people um, to the hobby and fascinating people with the hobby um, in a way that we want them to participate in the hobby, you know, is important. And so I think that, um, that ultimately is going to hopefully add up to longevity. I, I think it will. I really do. Love it. I'm sitting back enjoying the, the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Chad, we wish you all the best and stuff. It's definitely nice to get to catch up. And I know that in the future, especially with maybe some future, uh, product collaborations and stuff, we'll be working uh, pretty close to you, Drib. And, uh, and the rest of the crew. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're really excited about it. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I think that we managed just to go a little bit over time, which is pretty impressive. Not that bad. So good job, everybody. <laughs> Wait, I got to ask Chad one thing. This is totally off the subject. Yes. What do you think of paramotoring? Because you got to put it on the other, yes, the other yes. week. And I, I saw like a little spark in your <laughs> eyes. And I couldn't tell if that was fear or excitement. No, it, it was both. But it was... So here's here's the thing. I obsess when I'm working on something. And right now... We're, we're really entering that, that area of product development. And until that's kind of like down and we have a flow, I don't let myself like get distracted. So what you saw was me wanting to be distracted, but, <laughs> but not. Well, so, where did you try on a paramotor? It was in the, in the back. Garage. I took them in the garage. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. yeah we well, threw, I got to get out of my office. More we often. threw it on Drew's back and we threw it on Chad's back, but I saw a spark and I'm like, I wonder if we're going to be kiting this summer with him. Oh, okay, I, so. I would love to. I, I think the only thing you saw was a conflict in time commitment. So. Don't worry. I struggle with that every day. <laughs> <laughs> and especially when the weather gets warmer, we'll struggle with it more. Yes. 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 Uh, 
Well, very cool. Chad, thanks for taking the time to come down and uh, wish everyone uh, give everyone a high five and a hug for us and uh, wish you all the best. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Um, I appreciate it. If you guys can give you know, a review on iTunes or subscribe there. Um, and also you can check out some show notes and some uh, links of things that we mentioned by going to flighttest.com slash podcast. So we'll see you guys next time.